0: Last week, Pastor John preached a very powerful message on waiting on God. We learned that God's timing is not our timing. And the Israelites, they waited and they waited, and God heard their cries and utilized Moses to deliver them out of slavery. Today, we are going to be exploring how God is our protector. And throughout the Bible, God stands up for those who are in need of protection. In Exodus, God saves a nation of people who were unjustly and brutally enslaved. And countless others, other times, God instructs the Israelites to care for the poor and the needy. And God's always on the side of those who are oppressed. I look back at my notes. One year ago, I preached... Uh, On racism and the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we as Christians are against racism. Racism is is real. It's evil. One of the most dangerous things is to refuse to acknowledge the harm that it has done and can do in our world. And today we're going to tell one of the greatest stories in the Bible about how God rescued his people from Pharaoh's evil hand. And not only did God do this, but he commanded his people to remember what he has done and to teach it to their kids over a holiday called the Passover. Let's look at Exodus 12, 25 through 27. It says, when you enter the land the Lord has promised you, you continue to observe this ceremony And then your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. And though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. And when Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshiped. You know, it's essential for them to tell their kids, to teach their kids about what God has done. Now, this is a great story that they would want to share throughout generations. But one of the most intriguing things about the Bible is, is they also preserved Israel's failings and screw-ups. In the ancient world, historical writings were notoriously slanted to the winner's advantage. And kings would brag about their victories and gloss over their defeats. But not Israel. They would teach their kids the whole story. Because if you don't teach your kids the stories of both your successes and failings, they are destined to repeat the failings. And it's no different from our day and age. We have to continue to understand racism and oppression. From slavery to the civil rights in our own country. And even today, racism is a real evil. We ought to do everything in our power to be honest about it and fight against it. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to be on the side of those who are oppressed and to fight against oppression and discrimination. So let's back up and retrace our steps to the main text. The plagues came, and after the last plague, which was the firstborn of all Egyptians, died, However, we know from the story the Israelites were saved because the lamb's blood was applied to the doorframe of the home and death passed over, but no Egyptian home was spared. Even the cattle lost their firstborn. There was wailing throughout the land and Pharaoh's own son died. And finally, Pharaoh had enough. Exodus 12, 31 through 32. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, uh, Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you've requested. Take your flocks and your herds as, I, as you have said, and go, and also bless me. And so they collect everything. They even collect the bones of Joseph, and they bug out. While they're fleeing, during the day, God put a pillar of cloud ahead of them and by night a pillar of fire so that they could travel day and night to escape protection and god gives specific and strategic instructions for the route that they are to take and that leads them to encamp by the red sea so this journey of freedom is orchestrated by god And finally, they were set free from a nightmare of slavery that lasted over 430 years. Free at last, free at last. They thanked God Almighty. They were free at last. You see, when we desire in our own lives today spiritual freedom, things will try to oppress and try to overpower our lives. Things like shame or anger Or emptiness, or frustration, or inadequacy, or helplessness, fear, guilt, loneliness, and cynicism. And I believe that God God can provide a way out of these oppressions and protect us from them. You see, God wants you to live in freedom, my friends. An experience of victory over your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. And God will lead you, especially through the ministry of Christ's church. And when we ask God, God will lead us specifically and strategically like he led his people. And that comes through ways of of Christian counseling or encouragement as brothers and sisters in Christ or coaching or Bible study or accountability or prayer or specific guidance from the Holy Spirit in leading our lives. These things are like a, a pillar of cloud and fire guiding from the front and protecting our backs Now back to the story. Eventually, Pharaoh gets reports that the Israelites seem to be wandering in confusion. Pharaoh changes his mind about them leaving. Look at Exodus 14, 5 through 9. It says, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with the officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians... All of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they encamped by Pi, Hai, haroth and Baal, Zephon. Pharaoh realized all his money just went out the door by losing his people, his slaves. And with his heart hardened, Pharaoh does a flip-flop. He couldn't let the people go. He ordered his army to round up the Israelites and bring them back into slavery. And as Pharaoh's army drew near, the Israelites sensed that the jig was up. And they assumed that the army came not to round them up, but to exterminate them. And the sea trapped them in front, and the army pursued them from behind. Panicked, they blamed Moses With venomous sarcasm. Let's look at the scripture, Exodus 14 10 through 12. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? let us serve the egyptians it would have been better for us to serve the egyptians than to die in the desert they wondered how they could have let themselves get duped by following moses and his thinking that god cared about their liberation doesn't this happen to us sometimes i know from personal experience at some point on the faith journey especially when I begin a journey to a new freedom, Egypt rears its ugly head and calls out, Jonathan, come back, come back. And I think we all have those moments when we feel like those inside and outside forces are too overpowering. You know, the spiritual journey often feels like one step forward and three steps back. And there might be total discouragement and a feeling of defeat where things look bleak in our lives at times. What happens when you can identify with the Israelites trapped between the past they can't get back to and the future reality that looks like a disaster? So they complain. They take it out on Moses. But Moses has something to say to them as their leader. Exodus 14, 3-14. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you'll see the deliverance of the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Now, I looked at the commentaries about this passage this week. This statement made by Moses is not some word of of soft uh, comfort. Moses is not saying, there, there, don't worry, God will take care of you. You'll see, be calm. Rather, this is a terse, impatient command on Moses' part. In Hebrew, the last part of this verse is some Hebrew words that best translates as, you be quiet, or even better, shut up, people. There's no word of comfort, but an angry denouncement of the Israelites' paper-thin faith in that time. So Moses gets impatient. This is a rebuke. I find in my own life, there's absolutely something better to do than to whine. My mom and dad used to call it Jonathan's pity party. They would. Don't get on your pity party you know, or sometimes we can turn on other people who are trying to help us understand. Or sometimes we can get ticked off at God. Sometimes things don't turn out our way. And when we're going through a time of disappointment, we look at it as if under a microscope that our pain and distress is all that we can see. But if we widen our view with God's help, we'll eventually find out Something that is still good, still worth living for, still worth sacrificing to achieve. And that God is orchestrating and salvation is happening in the background. And God's protection is there the whole time. On the night of September 13, 1814, a lawyer named Francis was in a Red Sea-like uh, situation the United States was at war with Britain again, and Britain just burned Washington D.C. And then now they were uh, again attacking attacking Baltimore for 25 solid hours. The Brits rained artillery and rockets on the city, and the lights were shut off in Baltimore that night, so the so the British would have trouble hitting their targets. Now Francis was watching the rockets. Uh, light up the night sky and he was sure that he'd wake up to find Baltimore destroyed and our fight for independence would have had a major setback. He felt defeated, hopeless, because surrender seemed inevitable. But in the morning, he woke up and he looked from the ship and with joy and inspiration, the sight Of the lone United States flag still flying over Fort McHenry at daybreak. And Francis Scott Key wrote these famous words. And the rocket's red glare. The bombs bursting in air. Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. After 25 solid hours, the Brits gave up. The fort was saved. And we had the birth of our national anthem which was created to music in 1931. My friends, it's always darkest before the dawn in our lives sometimes. But we have to take courage and trust that God's protection is there. That God's deliverance is there. You see, God was still with the Israelites. The cloud of The cloud and the fire didn't dissipate, didn't dissolve, even after they complained. Moses reminded them, stay still and watch God work. And what does God say and do? Exodus 14, 15 through 18, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army Through his chariots and his horsemen, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and horsemen. You know, if you have a Bible, underline these verses. It applies, I think, to some of us today. Is it you? Don't be afraid, stand firm. Start walking into a new reality. Walking under God's protection all the time. Walk in freedom. Help those you know who are struggling with oppression and trying to gain freedom. There are times in my life where stagnation sets in because I witness my own self-defeating thoughts. And trust me, like I said, there's always... Jonathan, pity parties that try to, that I try to send out invitations to. However, the Holy Spirit has always said to me in those moments, it's time to move on, Jonathan. Get going into God's wholeness and continue in that and walk under God's protection. You see, my friends, God isn't finished, the Lord will fight for you. God's protection is fighting for you to be your best, to overcome your fears, to do what you know in your heart is right in all situations. And God is fighting for all who struggle and suffer. Our God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the undisputed champion of the universe, fights for the poor, the mistreated, the distressed, the oppressed people of the world. Let this message absorb into your bones. You know, instead of freaking out, getting all worked up, or turning to sarcasm, keep still and know that God is God. Slow down that racing mind of worry and distraction and trust and know that God is fighting for you. God's message to the Israelites applies to us. God didn't bring us this far to abandon us now. And here's what we have to remember. God's protection is for God's glory and not our own. Did you notice God God wants to take the credit? He says, it's not Pharaoh's time, it's my time. When God hears the people complaining and sees them turn on Moses, God asks Moses, why do they cry out? Didn't they see the wonders? What did they they think that was about? I manifested ten wonders. Water, the blood, the frogs, the locusts, the boils, Passover, all the rest. Ten times. And you think I'm going to leave you out there to die? So that the story ends in tragedy? Ten times I displayed my intent. But at the first hint of adversity, you bail out on me? That's the issue for us too, isn't it? We look around and we see God's wonders all the time. The glory of a night sky or we, we hold a newborn child and see that face its created. Or we have that profound faith moment or movement in our lives. And on some level, we know how blessed we are. But the next time we have something bad happen in our lives, we tend to want to flip-flop. We mumble and grumble and want to throw in the towel sometimes on faith. And God wonders, "Why, why are you crying out, my child? Come on, man. I've got you. Watch my power display. You know, it took guts for the Israelites to stand still while Pharaoh's chariots thundered toward them. And when all seems lost, Moses followed God's command and he stretches out his hand and the staff. And what happens? The seas part. And once they were doomed, but God made a way. When there was no way, God made a way Out of no way. Faith isn't just about standing still, it's about moving forward. And the big takeaway for our lives is that God makes a way when there seems to be no way. It doesn't mean magical solutions, but it's a a way to walk forward in integrity and truth in Him and knowing that God's got your back. The pillar had always been leading them. But when they began crossing the Red Sea, the pillar was behind them. And it protected them from the advancing Egyptians. It's it's the literal God's got your back message to those people and Pharaoh's army. They drowned. The wheels of the chariots got bogged down. The weight of the weapons slowed them down. And ultimately, they're destroyed in the waters. This story reminds us that God is there. And God stands above uh, above any kingdom or technology or power of this earth. Where where will we pledge our allegiance? In the trappings of this world? Or in the God who is able to help us pass on dry ground? Pharaoh Pharaoh and his armies don't stand a chance. Because God's victory is over all powers that be. Do you want to see God show up in a Red Sea type way? Still today God fights for us. Guards us. He himself will fight for us through his power. That's how much he loves us and desires to set his protection over us. He will hem us in from all sides and keep us under his care. It doesn't It doesn't mean we won't ever face the battle. But we can know that he is there in the midst of the battle. And we're never left to wrestle through it on our own in those hard places. He doesn't send us out to fight the enemy in our own strength. Sometimes he tells us to be still and focus on his deliverance and stand strong. And know that he is fighting on our behalf. We also need to remember that, that God meets us at the place of our deepest need, at our sin, and saves us from our sins. At the Red Sea, we, we see a big display of God's power. We see ginormous fireworks. And God flexes his muscle and shows his glory and defeats the Egypt's, Egyptians in a mighty way. And that's not the only way that God protects us. At the Red Sea, it didn't cost God anything. But at the cross, it cost God everything. He who knew no sin became sin for us, paid the price for our sins. And there's nothing God won't do to protect us and save us from our sin.